Coming up next. That's one thing about the nursing profession that if, if I could tell anybody anything is that your options and your doors are endless. You can go all over the world with it. And, and now it's standardized for the most part. So like before we used to have to write a separate exam in the States and now we don't. It's so flexible, whether you want to be a part-time, a full-time, you know, just a casual whenever you can. Like there's every option under the sun with this job. The Job Talk podcast shares stories from people who are passionate and love what they do in their careers. Through conversation, we explore their careers, past work experiences, and the education that got them to where they are now. We are putting together a Career Crisis Ultimate interview series. We are asking experts to give their best advice and guidance around work anxiety, career pressures, career goal setting, and ultimately career transformation. To learn more about this special interview series and get notified when it's available, please visit our webpage at thejobtalk.com help. Today's guest is Teresa Berdusco. Here's our job talk with an emergency room nurse. Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I think this is really timely because I have a daughter who's in grade 12 and she just recently told me that she's going to apply to nursing school. So I'm excited about that. And she looks relieved. Where did you take your nursing education? Uh, I took it first. I started at Grant McEwen. I started in a two-year program there and then I transferred over to the University of Alberta. And what, what is the nursing program? Is it, do you start with a bachelor of science and then go into nursing or how does it work? No, it's right out of high school. You can do a bachelor of science in nursing. So you start with, with your sciences and then you specialize in the nursing field. So you do like nursing statistics and nursing research and, you know, you get all the um, important stuff for, towards nursing. And, and did you enjoy your time when you went to McEwen? Uh, McCune's great. It's a smaller school. So it's, um, and now it has the four-year degree. You can just stay there. So that's a great option. Um, yeah, no, even like the uh, U of A, it was just bigger. Um, but it was a good experience. I was also older though. I I wasn't, uh, young. And so I was older and so it was a little bit different, but no, I loved, uh, I loved every minute of it. Okay. That's really interesting to me because were you in another career before you went into nursing? I was, I was in the military before. You were in the military. Okay, I didn't know that. What were yeah. you doing in the military? I was a basic soldier. I was in the infantry. That's it. Nothing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I won't dig uh, too far into your military career. Um, so you decided to go into nursing. And when you're going through nursing, what are the specific courses that you're taking when you're going through that? Um, when you start out, you take um, your pathophysiology and... Um, uh, pharmacology and all the human anatomy and all the things that you um, need to learn the basics of the human body, the, the, the foundation. And then you start specializing in going into like um, uh, practical courses and um, practical training, basically. So you do, you do your, uh, how do I say this? Um, you do your theory part first and then you do your lab part. So you go into the lab and you practice on your partners or on uh, mannequins or whatever, and then you put it to test. So right in your very first year, you go, you end up in a practicum at long-term care and learning how to work in a long-term care facility. And so that's your first step into the doors of, of nursing. It's, it's, it's in your first year. So you find out real quick whether you like it or not. Um, but it's great. It's great. It's great to keep you there, right? Cause you, everybody wants to, go be a nurse, but you don't know how yet, but you don't want to spend four years just reading books, 
right? So it's really, it's a really great way that they slowly introduce you into it. And then as you, as the years go on and the more knowledge you get and the more, um, theory behind everything and the, and then the practice in the labs and then you get to actually go and do it on surgical patients and medical patients and and then then by the time you get to your fourth year you get to specialize in a where you do your final practicum like if you want to do it with babies or an emergency or wherever you get to kind of pick so it's a it's a great way that they've laid it out to keep people um not only interested but like stimulated right you, you, we want to see we want to do everybody wants to get their hands dirty so it's a it's a great program how how intense is it and you went into nursing as an adult student do you think you were more mm-hmm. successful being an adult student or do you think you could have handled that education at 18 years old uh both uh I, I think as an adult i had some preconceived notions that probably weren't good you know um and these kids come in um i, I was with mostly kids in my class and not kids but younger adults um and they uh they just they just do you know and they they're used to the studying already they're used to the pace and all those kind of things and so it's 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 not it's it's a hard program but it's not hard to come out of school to go straight to it uh it, I think at any age you could be successful at it. Um, sorry, what was the first question? <laughs> I was just thinking if if you're more successful being a student as an adult and no, I don't think so. I okay. think any, any any age you could um, be successful at it. You just you know it's it's a grind. It is hard. It's one of the. I think I remember a statistic saying that we have the most exams out of any normal four-year degree program because you are just getting tested on everything all the time and i mean the human body is a very amazing thing and so there's lots of stuff to learn and it's you know from zero to 500 in four years right like you you go from knowing nothing because there's no prereqs right it's not like you know, medicine, you do a degree first, or most things you start in a different, a smaller degree, and then you work your way up to it. And this is just, you know, you learn everything in your four years. When you're going through um, studying to become a nurse, the majority of people, are they just focused on their studies? Or are you able to have a part time job while you're going through it as well? Um, if you got good study habits and you have good time management, I think you could do a part-time job. Um, it's harder when you start doing your practicums because your practicum is a full-time job because you follow nurses' rotations. So you do Monday to Friday day shifts or Monday to Friday evening shifts, 3 to 11. And the time before those um, shifts or after the day shift is spent researching for your next day, right? Because so, you got to figure out what you're supposed to do. And, you know, if you've made a mistake, you got to learn stuff and so um it it might be during the practical part of it might be a little bit difficult um but i wouldn't say it's impossible yeah so you graduate uh you said it's a four-year program what was your first experience like when you left university uh i went straight into emergency and so right into the emergency room i went straight into the emergency room and it was fantastic yeah i mean I think I think people who go into emergency nursing um, are a little bit. Uh, they need the stimulation. They like the hectic part of it, and that's exactly what it is. You get what you wish for. It's never the same thing every day, and um, even if it is the same thing, it's a different person, so it presents differently or whatever. So it's very um, fast-paced and quick learning on your feet, and um, 
yeah, it's just, you just got to roll with it, but it's definitely a, uh, a fun place to work. Well, I was going to ask you your day to day and you just mentioned that it, it does change quite often. Can you talk about some of the things that you're doing on, on a shift? Sure. Um, for the most part, like you just, I mean, there's always, people always think of it like a TV show, you know, like Grey's Anatomy or, you know, the ER, those shows and stuff like that. And those might be at once, you know, once in a while. But for the most part, you see sick people every day. And so people come in and the hard part is, is they're usually, it's their worst part of their day. You know, it's they're at their worst for whatever reason, whether it's them sick or their family sick. And for me, it's a job. And so you, 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 you have to feel that empathy towards people because you're not in their shoes, right? I do this every day and you become, I don't want to say used to it, but you just become, you know, able to, to just roll with it. And people, you deal with people at the worst parts, worst points in their life sometimes. And so that gets a little bit hard. Um, but people are usually very grateful, right? And so it's, it's very rewarding that you do get to help someone that's having a, horrible day or you know super sick and you get to you know have an impact on their life yeah and it's the emergency room so you're dealing everything with car accidents um gunshot wounds yeah 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 gunshot stabbings overdoses just generally sick people they have the flu they have you know they've got other illnesses comorbidities that you know they're they're diabetic and they have something wrong with that or you know they have an infection somewhere or they've fallen off a ladder and broken their leg like there's from one extreme to the next there's there a little baby some lady come in pregnant she has a baby you know and you know it just it's just you never know what you're gonna get it just walks through the door or the ambulance brings it through the door and you just gotta go with what shows up and so yeah so you're you're on your toes all day do you think your time in the military uh, prepared you to handle stress? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it. it not all nurses, emergency nurses, have been in the military though, and so I think I just think it's the type of person you need to be able to handle fast, unknown, unpredictable, and I think the reason why a lot of nurses have the longevity of their career is because they're able to handle the stress you know like we don't I mean there's burnout and all those those kind of things but for the most part nurses that have 20 30 35 40 year careers is they've learned to somehow how to just deal with it you know whether it's you know working out or their family or baking whatever you know everyone has a coping mechanism and so nurses um, usually figure it out fairly easy on how not to bring it home we I don't bring it home I leave the doors at seven o'clock and I don't bring it home. I can't. Because if I did, I think I don't think I'd be a nurse for this long. Is it fair to say that you're a team? So you have various uh, different occupations working together for oh, the yeah. best possible out outcome. Can you talk about the environment that you're working in? For sure. We have everything from, you know, the, the highest up on my list in my department is my physician. You know, he's the one making all the calls and all the judgments and, you know, those kind of things. And then there's nurses and there's a wide variety of nurses. There's nurses with 20 years experience right down to the nurse who was a, became a nurse yesterday, you know. And so they might not do some of the stuff, but they're in there, they're learning, they're watching, they're, they're trying to, you know, figure out what's happening. And then we have clerks, we have uh, service aides. We have, I have x-ray, I have MRI. Like there's a whole gamut of people who are trying to save your life or make it better. 
you know, for whatever reason you're there, they're trying to do everything they can to make whatever the problem is better or go away. Are you constantly moving when you're on a shift or well, do you, yeah, you never have a moment where you're just like, ah, well, I wouldn't say never. I mean, we do, I mean, we have coffee, we go, we go to the washroom, you know, but there are days when you don't, there are days like for the most part, we, I mean, we're like anybody else. We have to eat, we have to have a drink and you know, those kind of things. And, and we do get those, but some days we don't, some days I've gone from 12, 7am to 7pm. I can't remember going pee and I didn't have anything to eat that day. You just don't, you just, it's just crazy. And there's not very, there's not always like that, you know, but when they are, it's, it's a good day. My good day is your bad day. Yeah. So I, my, I have built sons that live with me and they are constantly like, when I talk about it, I like get all excited and I'm like, oh my God, I got to see this today. And they're like, oh, that's awful. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's like, that's like my bread and butter. You <laughs> like, that's the fun part. And they're, I'm like, yeah, for them it was awful. But for me, it was great. Yeah. So we're just different. <laughs> we just came through a global pandemic. Uh, thank you so much for doing what you do because you were absolutely on the front lines. How was your experience throughout the pandemic? You know, in the beginning, it was actually fabulous, even though when it first hit, um, we thought it was like a bowl, right? We had no idea what this was going to be like. If we were going to expose to it, we we're going to drop dead. You know, like it was so scary because it was so unfamiliar. We'd never been through any sort of pandemic in our world, right? In, in North America, we've never dealt with anything like this in my lifetime. And so people were fantastic. You know, they were out and cheering on the streets and banging pots and dropping off food. And, you know, it was great. And then people got really tired of it. And that's when it changed for us. You know, we still had to go to work every day. And I'm not even talking anything to do with COVID. I'm just talking about regular everyday sick people. I still had to take care of them. But for some reason, everybody hated us now. And it really turned the, 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 the view on healthcare by the third or fourth wave or whenever the majority of people started to become very frustrated and COVID exhausted, basically, with every new mandate and rule and all that kind of stuff, it really changed how people looked at healthcare. And I think that's the part that, and I, I can honestly say we've lost many, many nurses and physicians because of that attitude, not because we were burnt out from working hard. It was because people thought we were trying to hurt them. People thought we were like doing stuff that was against their, their right and their whatever, you know, the political part of it. And we are only trying, like nurses really, all we want to do is help people, you know, and we, we follow rules because we're fairly, you know, rule following people. And so, and we just do what's best, what we thought was best. And so that was the hard part. Yeah. I know it probably felt like everyone was against you, but I think we live in a world now with social media where the lunatics have a voice and have an audience um, yeah. I personally, I was shocked at, um, the anti-vaxxers that, that was a complete surprise to me because when the pandemic started every, every morning, like right off the start, I was, uh, doing searches for vaccine development. And I thought yeah. that was our, that was our silver bullet. Yeah. And I did not see the anti-vaxxers. Me either. And, and it's, it's so funny. Like, and I still, 
even though I'm immersed in it and I've listened to it from every side and every angle, I still don't get understand where it came from and how it came about. You know, like we had a very, very small percentage of population who was quote unquote anti-vax for a long time, you know, from, from the sixties and seventies, you know, but they were also people who didn't access healthcare in a normal way, right? They were very, um, reserved and very um, old fashioned in the way they treated things and very more herbalistic and, and, and that kind of, um, belief basically. But the, but the anti-vaxxers from this time period, this pandemic, it's, we're talking people who access, you're on chemo drugs, but you won't get a vaccine. So you want me to cure your cancer or fix your broken leg or, you know, those kind of things, but you won't take the vaccine. Like, and for people to say that we're purposely, the part that I think hurts the most and that affected healthcare workers in the worst way is that the, the people believing that we were actually trying to hurt people, like, like knowingly. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I've never made a mistake. Clearly I have in my life, you know, and I've maybe, you know, made some mistakes in my nursing and I know doctors, everybody makes mistakes, but not purposely. And there's yeah. no way in a million years I would ever recommend to anybody to, to tell somebody to do something if I knew it was going to hurt them. So yeah. that's the part that was the worst. For sure. Okay. Enough with the, uh, yeah. the pandemic. No more pandemic. You have an amazing <laughs> career. And uh, through talking to you before we actually started doing the interview, I do know that you volunteered, you have volunteered around the world. And I think it's an important, it's something important that we should talk about because you're using what you do professionally to go around and actually make a difference in the world that we live in. Can you yeah. talk about some of the places that you've traveled to sure. and what you were doing? Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I mean, I'm so fortunate. I, not only do I have the medical training to do it, but I have like the ability, you know, I have a husband who supports me and I have the ability to go and stuff. And so my job lets me go. So it's, it's great. Um, and my first one was actually in Japan after the earthquake and the tsunami in Japan. Um, I volunteered for this company called CMAT. It's a Canadian medical assistance team. And it's this NGO that when a disaster happens, they just put out a call and they literally everybody on their mailing list gets an email and says, Hey, who's, who's available to go, you know, can, and, and so you just volunteer. And my very first time was going to Japan and um, the only, it's funny, my, my husband is a physician and so he's obviously smarter and a lot more educated than I am. However, the one time, <laughs> the one time that I was quote unquote more qualified than him was because I had this course from when I was in the military called CBRNE. It's like Canadian, uh, chemical, biological, radiological and nuclear training. And so I was able to go to Japan because I had this course that I took many years ago. Um, and so, so that was my first taste of it. And it was, it was great. You know, like you go over and you help as much as you can. And we set up, you know, we did these roving clinics and um, Japan was very well prepared. They actually probably did not need a lot of help because they're a first world country with many resources, but we were there. And so we helped where we could. Um, so that was my first taste. And then, yeah, I went to Haiti and the Philippines and Nepal. And my last one was the Ukraine. And so I literally, my husband actually was the first person. He literally texted me and said, did you see your email? And I was like, no, not yet. And he, I opened it up and his, his question was, when are you leaving? You know, like he knew I was going to go. He just knew. 
And it was the, I just took a team over there and I ended up being the team lead when I got there and we set up a clinic and got it up and roving and, and yeah, and we spent, I think about six months there. I was only there for just over three weeks, but um, we just change out. We change out often because it does get hard. You're away from your family and your job and stuff like that. So they're usually two to three week deployments and yeah, you go and you, you help someone, you help a different country different population different people um in a different walk of life but they're all still human right we're all still human we're all still have those same basic needs we have basic food and water and healthcare, and and yeah so people think you have to be special to do it but you don't you you, you just gotta go you right and i'm just lucky i have the ability to go so I have the medical training and i have the ability to go so i think everybody would i think almost everybody in the world would do it if they could Right. So, yeah. Well, you have the military training as well. Were you literally in Ukraine or were you nearby? No, no, we were right. We were, we were in Ukraine. I made, we made runs into Kiev to get some supplies. We dropped off some medical supplies into some hospitals there. Um, we were right on the, so we transported ourselves back across the Polish border every night because the couple times we stayed in the Ukraine, um, the, just the air sirens and the, the the air alert, like incoming air missile bomb, whatever you want to call it, um, alerts would go off and you'd go to a bomb shelter and then you just, you don't get any sleep, any rest, right? So you never know. And so it was much safer and productive for us to go into the Ukraine, work there for the whole day and then come out at night. And so then a night shift would take over. So we would switch off and a night shift would go in and run our clinic and and we were right on the this border crossing. The the interesting thing about the Ukraine was that airspace was closed. So all these people were leaving the Ukraine, but they all had to leave by foot or like on car, in car. And so they all crossed a land border. And so there were clinics and stuff set up everywhere. We ended up being on one with the Ukraine and Polish border. And like hundreds and hundreds of people every day are walking right past our clinic. And so we could do one of two things. They would come and talk to us and be like, oh my God, I feel this, you know, X, Y, Z. And we'd be like, oh, well, your blood pressure's through the roof or you're diabetic and your sugar, whatever. We would do what we could. And the other part is because we were able to sit there and watch them walk through, we could actually look. And most of us are fairly experienced. You know, we've got years and years under our belt and you can look at someone and go, oh, they don't look good. And you, you, you go and actually grab them like, hey, come with me for a minute. Let me check on you. Let me just look at you. And it, it was very, it was much different um, than any of the other disasters I've been to because the other disasters were a natural disaster that had resolved. And this one kept going. And so usually by the time we get to natural disasters in like these foreign countries, they're far away, you know, the risk and the threat is gone and people are just trying to rebuild and recover. Here, they were still fleeing and they didn't care. They didn't care that they're sick. They don't care that their sugars are high or their their blood pressure's through the roof. They just want to get across that border. So, you know, you try and do things as fast as you can and you're trying to convince them to stay for 20 minutes. It was, let me do this. And so it was, it was, it was very rewarding for sure. Um, and very, yeah, it was, it was hard to be there. Um, it's hard to watch. So the men are conscripted. So six, 18 to 60, they have to stay. And I don't know how many times I watched a car pull up to that border and the husband get out and take his kid and his wife and basically shoo them across the border and then drive back home. And I, I can't imagine what that would feel like. 
did you rely more on your nursing training or your military training when you went over to Ukraine to volunteer? Definitely military. Um, it was more of a continually watching what's happening, what's going around, how where, are we safe? Um, and that's my job as the team lead over there is to ensure that for my team, you know, like where am I putting us? How are we getting out if something goes wrong? Those are the things that I think of, you know, it was like, where's our vehicle? How are we get across the border? Who's, where are we going to go? Um, if something bad happens, who's going to take care of them? You know, we always had a doc, a medic and a nurse team together because they all bring a different skill set and so you know uh, I want I want one of each you know we could have put two docs together on one shift and two medics on another but that's not really a good compliment and so it's really you're thinking of your surroundings and what could go wrong um the nursing comes naturally right that just you just it's, it, you do it for 25 years and you're good at it and it just is normal and it's every day and so it was more of the what happens if something goes wrong? How do I how do I make keep my team safe? Number one, and how do we get out of here? And so we had we had a bomb shelter right beside. Us. Like because it's Eastern Bloc Europe, right? Um, they have lived through this, you know, through world wars and stuff like that. So a lot of these buildings had actual bomb shelters. Like we don't have a I don't have a bomb shelter in Edmonton. I don't think maybe at the base, but you know, like not down the road from my house, but here, like every other big building had a bomb shelter in it, and so. Whenever we had our air raid sirens go off, we would just run, just run, and that's what you do. And so, but no, I, I, it was, I think military training kicked in a little bit more so than the nursing there. Is that the only war zone that you've been to? Have all the other volunteer, has that been natural disasters? Yeah. Yeah. And how is your security insured on a trip into a war zone in Ukraine? Do you have the support of the military going with you? Is it a convoy? No, we just go. Wow. Okay. That is amazing. Thank you yeah. for doing that. That's your profession is allowing you to actually make a difference in this world. Yeah, it is. It's that's one thing about the nursing profession that if, if I could tell anybody anything is that, your options and your doors are endless. Like you can you can go from infants to one day old to geriatrics to a hundred days old, and you never have to see anything in between. If you don't, you just have to get through school. You have to do your four years of schooling. You have to do med surge. You have to do you know certain things. However, once you're done and you find that niche where you, your your passion and your love is, you could deal with babies for the rest of your life and never have to look at an adult again or vice versa. And you could do it here. You could do it in the States. You could do it in England. You can do it in Australia. You, you, you can go all over the world with it. And, and now it's standardized for the most part. So like before we used to have to write a separate exam in the States and now we don't. And so your, your options are, you know, endless. You can work on a cruise ship. You could never set foot on land again. You like anything you could think of almost uh, where you want to work in a different, like not just country, but even environment, whether it's like a school or a hospital or a daycare or, or home, you know, you everywhere. There's so many options. And so um, it's so flexible, whether you want to be a part-time, a full-time, you know, just a casual whenever you can, like there's every option under the sun with this job. And I think, and I alluded to it earlier that my grade 12 daughter has decided to apply to nursing school and her end goal is to become a doctor. Mm -hmm. And 
from what you're saying, I'm, I'm thinking that it's a great way to introduce yourself to a career in medicine and then well, just decide where you want to go from there. For sure. It'll definitely tell you whether you like it or not, right? Yeah. Before you make that commitment, right? Because literally in year one, you're in some long-term care facility taking care of some elderly patients and you're going to find out real quick whether this is what you want to do. Yeah. Um, before you make a four-year investment. So so it is good that way. Um, it's a, it's, I wouldn't say it's a, a guarantee into a medicine role, you know, because it's still getting into medicine is super difficult and you have to do a whole bunch of other things other than just nursing or a degree. Um, but it definitely can give you a bird's eye view of what it's like because you work, so depending on where you work, so in emergency, I work with all different types of physicians. I have cardiologists come down and see i have orthopedic surgeons bone doctors come and see i have my emergency doctor i have the icu doctors so i see what these guys do and i'm the difference you know the surgeons and and the family medicine and all the different types of doctors i work with every single one of them and so yeah it's a it's a great place to to make those decisions whether you want to actually you know make that commitment or you know i i would say in now, I was older, I was in my 30s, so that's different. Um, well, maybe late 20s, but um, I, <laughs> I, I found that, um, you know, lots of people say they want to go to nursing and then they want to be a doctor, but then they find that nursing's enough. It, it, it's not, you know, people used to always say, oh, I'm just a nurse. I'm not just a nurse, I am a nurse. And I do a lot and I, you know, take care of people and do, you know, different than the physician does, but it's definitely a team approach. And, and, and I think being a nurse is just as rewarding as being a physician. And I agree with you completely. And I hope you didn't, uh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. But I just, I know that people think that all the time. We, I, I have four of my friends who were nurses who then went on to be physicians, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's a grind. Like, that's, that's great. I just, I don't have anything. <laughs> well, I was going to ask. So, um, I started this podcast because I made a midlife career change. When you've when you see new nurses coming in, are they usually around the same age, or do you get a lot of mature nurses coming in as well when they're starting? No, no, they're usually young. Yeah, are they? They're usually, yeah, they're usually twenty two, twenty three years old coming out of high school. They do their four year degree and then they come in. They're for the majority, they're they're young. We did have a really big influx probably in like 2000 and I think it was like 2006 or seven when we had a very high nursing shortage and they introduced this 18 month um, fast track program basically is what it was. And it was a diploma nurse, which is now no longer, you can't be a diploma nurse anymore. You have to have a degree to enter. But at that time um, there was a two year diploma nurse and then a four year degree nurse. And so they actually, when we had this staffing crisis, they introduced this 18 month program. And we did see a lot of um, slightly older um, nurses come in out of that because, you know, they had already, maybe they were doing something else. They're like, you know what, I've always wanted to be a nurse and now I can actually commit. Most of them are moms, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to go to school for four years if you're a mom, you know? And so, yeah. But since then I haven't seen a lot of older nurses. You've alluded to it through talking about being a nurse, but what what do you love about being a nurse? Uh, for for me, it's the variety. 
It's never the same. Even if it's the same thing, it's never the same person. It presents differently, you know, whether it's, you know, young, old, you just different. It can be the same disease or the same broken bone, but it's different. Um, and <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but in all honesty, um, with emergency, I don't, I don't, I don't have to see you for a long time. I don't get to know you. I don't, I don't have to, you know, I, I totally look up to and commend those bedside nurses that are up on the floors that have the same patients for days, weeks, months, maybe even years sometimes, long-term care facilities where you, you get attached to these people and you, you, you get to know them and their family and everything. I, I don't know if I could do that. I love the part. I love the craziness and to be able to say, hi, bye. I never want to see you again. Leave my emergency. And I usually don't see them ever again. Very rarely do I ever see you again. And so I like that. And I think that's why I've been able to do it for so long is because I, I just, I leave it at the door and I don't, I don't take it home. And I don't, I mean, there's obviously that there are cases that, you know, hit hard, um, harder than others. Um, we all have those as whether it's, you know, maybe it's children for you or, you know, someone who's lost their spouse and next thing, you, you know, there's, there's all those triggers that we have bad days. But um, for me in emergency, it's the biggest thing is that it's a revolving door and I get something new every day. What are some misconceptions about nurses that you would like to clear up? That we do for the money. You know, we do get paid well. I won't say we won't. I won't say we, but we also work hard. And it's a lot of schooling. It's a lot of stress. And it's a lot of responsibility. Um, at some points, you really have someone's life in your hand. And I don't think you can pay anybody ever, ever too much for that, you know? And so it, it's... I don't know a single nurse that goes into it for the money. They go into it for a career. It is a great career. Yes, there are, you know, we have great benefits and we have great pensions and, you know, all the things that everybody else provides, you know, into their workplace. And so we go into these careers because it's a great career. Um, but there's also more because you don't stay in that if, if you don't love it. You can't. It's too, it would be, it wouldn't be fulfilling. You, a paycheck's a paycheck, but here you when dealing with people and sick people is um i know it's a cliche to say it's a calling but it's more of a a lot of people might start it but you don't stay if you don't love this and you don't love actually helping people and wanting to make a difference in whatever field you're in um you might move to a different field you know type thing it might take you a little while to find your little niche but you don't do this career for 20 years for a paycheck what could you say to the person that just got accepted into nursing school? What kind of advice could you give that person as they move forward into it? Stick it out. <laughs> it's tough. It's really hard. I mean, it's, there's, it's a lot of information. It's, it's, it's tough. It's hard work. It's, you know, there, there's a lot of studying and a lot of exams and that kind of stuff. But, and sometimes, you know, I'm actually trying to convince one of my daughters to go into nursing as well. Um, and she's like, oh, I don't like blood. I'm like, four years. You just got to deal with a little bit for four years. And it's not four years straight. It's like two months of year one, you know, three weeks, twice a year, year two and year three, you know, and then six weeks. So it's not every day for four years. But once you get through that four years, you could do anything with it. And it's so... It's so portable and so rewarding and wherever you decide to go that uh, I would say just if this is what you want to do, 
stick with it, find a buddy and, you know, commiserate in your misery of four years and, and then just, but keep going. Cause it's, it's definitely worth it in the end. Well, thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you for all of the hard work and what you had to put up with throughout a global pandemic and COVID and probably most importantly, thank you for volunteering your time around the world to, to, to help people. We really appreciate it. Thank you. No, no worries. I, I have one little saying that I always say this all the time. I said, you know, we won the lottery being born in Canada and uh, we just have to be a global good neighbor, you know, like if we can go help. And, and it's even in a drill, right? Even just in nursing, right? Just try and be a better person and, and help where you can. Thank you for tuning in to the Job Talk podcast. For more information, please visit us at thejobtalk.com. Our podcast music was created by our friend Mike Malone in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada.